You run a kid activity center, a gymnastics ninja urban or cheer gym. Maybe it's a dance studio, swim school, martial arts dojo, or perhaps an educational preschool. You recognize you need some help growing your brand. You're wearing too many hats. It's time to make some changes. Let me help you increase student enrollments and retention while decreasing attrition. My name is Luke Stokes. Welcome to the Student River Podcast. All right, welcome back to episode, well, I guess technically this is episode two. Really, this should probably be episode 1.5 because the last episode wasn't really an episode. It was more of like a, hey, world, we're here introduction. So this is, I guess, technically, officially episode two of the Student River podcast and uh, a podcast that is dedicated to helping you grow and scale your kids activity center. Uh, Working off of some notes today. Try and make sure I don't miss anything. Not that I will. I'm actually recording this again. So I missed something the first time around even though I was working off of notes. Then I had to modify the notes. Anyways, getting off on a tangent already at the beginning. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, today's podcast is about trials and I think I'm going to entitle it something along the lines of like entitle it I'm going to title it it works right Uh, something along the lines of like to trial or not to trial Um, and there is a bit of debate uh, out there about this Um, if you look at the forums or you look at the Facebook groups Half the uh, owners will tell you it's great, and half the owners will tell you to not trial, that it's totally pointless. And uh, I'm going to attempt to make my case today to trial, to give a free trial away. And so uh, before you turn me off and go, well, this guy, you know, he doesn't know, I suggest you hear me out a little bit. Uh, We do this for a living, and I've got a lot of experience in multiple locations and multiple demographics across the country uh, running trials and running paid uh, trials and running risk-free offers and running direct-to-enrollment offers. And we find paid trials work the vast majority of the time. So if it works the vast majority of the time, then why is it even a debate? Well, because there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And if you do it the wrong way, or if you omit things that you should be doing in a trial environment, it's not going to work for you. So um, I'm going to lay out what those things should be today, how to effectively run free trials, when you should, when you shouldn't, um, if there's situations that you shouldn't. Uh, And let's see if I can make a big enough case today to maybe uh, either back up your opinion if you're on my side and give you some things to, to think about and to add to what it is that you're doing so that you can make your trial process even more effective. And if you've given trials a, pa- a, a try in the past, or you don't believe that they work, or you didn't have good success, then I'm going to make my case for hopefully you, you to try them again. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. So why? let's start with, with just kind of the basics, and that is why is there a debate? Um, why do people say that it works? And why do some people say that it doesn't? And ultimately, 
it comes down to a few key things that really determine whether or not trials are right for you, okay? Uh, the first is need. Does your gym, does your pool, does your dojo, studio, whatever that might be, do you need to grow? Do you have empty spots in your classes that you wish were full? If your classes are full, if your classes are waitlisted, then there's no need for you to do trials. Uh, You're just taking a spot away from someone that's willing to pay. And if that's the situation, if you guys are at capacity, then you shouldn't be doing trials because there's no need, right? So need's a big big one. Uh, Another reason why people say don't do trials is they have either heard or had experience of it going wrong or it being... Uh, negative to try and manage it. Either uh, people don't show up, right? You, you know, there's no skin in the game, so they don't show up. Well, there's a way to solve that. So um, maybe that they're, you know, they're they're not showing up. Maybe they're not converting. Maybe they're the wrong people coming through the doors, getting the wrong demographics. You know, they're only freebie seekers, or these are not the type of people that I normally enroll. And first off, of course, they're not the type of people that you normally enroll. If you're not doing trials, if all you're doing is word of mouth, like referrals, or intent-based traffic, meaning one of two cases, either, you know, I told my sister to come and take a class with you, or someone went to Google and typed in dance classes in Seattle, right, meaning they have the intent to enroll in classes, those people don't have to be as, don't have to be catered to like, um, like cold traffic, okay? So uh, it's going to be a different type of person. Now, that doesn't make them less likely to enroll. That doesn't mean that it's the wrong person, but it absolutely is a different type of person and you have to approach the situation different. You cannot take, if, if you've never done trials before, you cannot take the, the processes that you have been using to attract, enroll, and nurture your current student base and apply that to trials. It doesn't work. And if that's what you've been trying to do, of course it doesn't work. Of course that's what uh, the advice is being given out there. Like don't do it because likely you've done it wrong. Another reason would be um, location. Location does dictate this a bit. You know, demographics, um, the people around you, um, the community that you serve. And it's not just like, you know, if you live in a lower income area that you're more likely to get freebie seekers. And if you live in a a higher income, more affluent area, you're more likely to get people that enroll. That's actually not necessarily the case. Uh, We've done a lot of this and we actually find that the uh, middle to lower income areas actually do a whole lot better on trials than the higher income areas, than the more affluent areas. And the reason is, is because people with money they're already paying for the what that is that they want. They're already coming in. They're already, um, you know, if, if, if well, let's put it this way: if a rich person wants to buy something, they buy it. They don't need incentive. They don't need a reason to. So, if you're in an affluent area, trials may not be the best option because 
people are already enrolling if they're doing that. So it's not just, um, you know, uh, we're getting the freebie seekers because we live in a lower income area. No, that's not the way that works. So location can have a factor. Demographics can certainly have a factor. So, you know, to not do trials is accurate. If you're full, um, if all your traffic is uh, referrals or intent-based, um, that's, that's important. Um, there's, there's no need to give trials to those people cause they're already coming in somewhat already pre-sold or already intending to enroll. And then kind of with that, the, the other piece of that is if you're not doing any cold outreach, right? If all your traffic's that way, then you're not doing cold outreach, which cold outreach is the way you truly scale a business to big numbers. The way you truly scale a brand to big numbers is by going and reaching the community that's not actively seeking you out. If you're only going to serve the community that's actively seeking you out, you're going to reach a plateau. If you're wanting to go to that next level, if your facility can handle the next level, then that's what you're going to do is you're going to have to do cold outreach. And when you do that, when you're dealing with a cold person, there is a different process that's going to take place. Think about it like this. We're trying, we're on this trust continuum. You with me on whether or not you buy into what I'm saying. You know, this is only episode two. We don't have much trust built yet. You don't know whether or not I'm full of it. But to be honest, your prospects are in the same spot, right? So if we put this on a line, and for those of you uh, listening to this and not watching to me, uh, or not watching me, I've got my hands held up. <laughs> uh, and, and what we're doing is we're outlining over here on my right is um, where they know nothing about you. They've never heard of you. They didn't even know a swim school existed in your town um, or whatever that might be. Uh, they, they just, there's, there's no knowledge, there's no trust, there's no nothing over here, okay? And my left hand, with this big delta in between, this big gap, my left hand is where they're enrolling with you and happy to and loyal and referring their friends, Okay, you tracking with me? So on one side of this uh, continuum, one side of this equation, you they know nothing. On the other side, they're happily paying you month after month. And our goal is to take people from one side, the lack of trust, the lack of knowledge, over here to continually paying. Now, uh, if you talk about referrals and intents, meaning uh, referral-based traffic, uh, or intent-based traffic, they were looking you up on the internet, they don't start over here on the right, right? They don't start all the way over here where there's no trust and there's no knowledge um, because either a neighbor told them about them, so they're starting here. They're starting somewhere in the middle. You know, uh, it's it, it's easier to move someone that's over here in the middle to all the way to the left where they're paying you. Uh, so if they've heard about you or if they have intent, they went online and they looked for you, then they're starting over here where there's a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more trust. But for the most part, when trials are needed and are the most effective is when you're trying to take someone over here on the right that's on the far right of I'd have never heard of you and move them over here to loyally paying you month after month. And you can only do that by incrementally moving them down this line, by setting expectations. It starts really simply. You know, when they see your ad, when they see the first time that they get that experience with you, driving by you, whatever that might be, do you, is the expectation set and met, right? Now that can be whatever that might be. That can be from, 
you know, maybe your sign out there says the friendliest gymnastics gym in all the land, right? And when they walk through the doors, is that actually the case? Okay, expectation met. And you move them closer down the line, right? Maybe it's through an ad. And when they when they come to your website and they sign up, you tell them, all right, next you can expect to get a phone call from some of us. Does that happen that day from the person, right? So you you have to build, set expectations and then build on that to move them down the line. That includes an experience that moves them over here to happily paying. Okay, I think you get the point. So there's some secrets here on making trials work for you. There's some key, there's some key pieces that need to be present, that need to be true in order for trials to, to work for you. Okay. There are um, there are four there are four key foundational pieces as well as three trial experiences that we're going to address. And there's processes uh, in there for the three experiences. And there are four foundational pieces that just need to be um, established before you consider moving forward. All right. So the ground rules, as I call them, these foundational pieces. This is basic stuff but needs to be like factored. Like if you're gonna do trials, this stuff can't be omitted, okay? So first and foremost, one of the ground rules is they need to trial the class that they were intending to take, all right? So let's um, let's take dance, for example. Well, you could take any of them, dance or gymnastics or whatever it might be. If someone is reaching out to you and wanting to take uh, a hip-hop class for their four-year-old uh, little boy. Now, for most studios that we work with, four-year-old hip hop is is not real common. It's it's pretty um, it's pretty young to be to be doing a, a, a more dynamic move like like hip hop. But uh, let's say they call you and that's what they want to take, and you go, "Oh gosh, we don't do a uh, a four-year-old hip hop class, but you know we've got a four-year-old tap ballet combo." Okay, or a four-year-old, maybe there's a jazz combo, right? Or maybe they're calling into your gymnastics gym and they are wanting to put their four-year-old boy into a ninja class. And you're like, well, we don't have ninja for four-year-olds, but we've got a preschool gymnastics class, okay? So here's the point is if when someone's calling in to, to take a specific class or maybe a class is full, right? You do have that available, but it's full and you try and parlay them over into something that has an availability on it. You're, you're decreasing your chance to get that person to enroll because it was not the class that they were intending to, to take. So you're faced with a couple of choices, either one, turn the business away Two, you can certainly try to flip them to a class that you have open just don't expect your conversion to uh be what you hoped it should be what you what you'd like it to be because those trials aren't taking the class that they intended to or three like use that as as information maybe you need to open up a four-year-old hip-hop class maybe that actually would be more popular than you think it would be even though it's a little difficult to teach right or maybe you need to open up another four-year-old ninja class if one's full okay so you got to think of this in terms of what's the what's the audience telling you and then do your best to get them to trial the class that they're actually wanting to take, okay? So, trial the class. Second, on the day and the time that's the most convenient for them. Okay, so, um, hey, uh, gym owner, I'd love to come and take this, you know, uh, this learn to swim class next Tuesday at 5 p.m. 
oh, sorry, um, you know, next Tuesday at 5 p.m. doesn't work for us, but, you know, Wednesday at 5 p.m. does. Does does that work for you? Uh, Yeah, that'll work for me this week. Then they come and they take that class, and the experience is different, right? It may not be the same instructor. Um, It's on a day and a time that doesn't necessarily work for them, um, or it happens to work for them this week, but it doesn't work for them every single week. So you need to ask that question, like, um, I've got a Wednesday class. Would that work for you? Yeah, yeah, that would work. Would that work just this week, or is that going to be a good day and time for you on an ongoing basis? Because if they're not trialing the day and the time as well as the class that works for them, then they're going to come and they're going to take that Wednesday class and go, wow, this is really great, but I, you know, I can't make next week's class. I can't do Wednesday nights. I can only do Tuesday nights, right? And they're like, oh, well, the Tuesday night class is full and you're not going to get that conversion. So there's no reason to trial a class that even though they can make it this week, isn't going to work for them long term. So you need to trial a class that is going to work for them uh, day and time so that they can continue to come so that when they are coming to take this trial, they're meeting their instructor, right? They're meeting the person that's actually going to be coaching their kids and they can experience the night who's at the the front desk that night. And, you know, some of those things are moving objects and, you know, some, uh, some brands don't have the same instructor for every class each night. So, you know, there's some variable in there, but as best you can create the experience that they're going to have from week to week, let them experience what it is that you guys do. Another piece of this is in the experience category, you need to have a product on your floor, in your pool, on your mats that will convert them. Now, this is kind of a big deal because not all programs people are going to be stoked about enrolling in. Um, I was talking with a, a gym owner last week that was inquiring about our services, about our student generation services. And he was saying, gosh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to do this. I'd love to get more students in, but I'm really not that excited about my staff right now. They're kind of mediocre at best. His words, not mine. And, I, you know, first off, I was like, well, gosh, that's an interesting way to, to talk about your current staff. If they're mediocre at best, go change it. Like, go get new staff. But the other part of this is like, why try and bring people in and around an environment when you're not enthusiastic about the staff you have? Like if you you wouldn't enroll your kids with your staff, then why are you employing them and why are you trying to attract people to come in and experience what it is that your brand does? So, you know, this isn't just the, the instructor. Certainly the instructor is a factor because the instructor has to be the right personality, the right uh, the right demeanor, um, the, the right, uh, level of just, uh, enthusiasm for, for that person and for that environment. Um, but it's also your front desk staff, right? The way they're greeted when they're walking through that front doors for the first time, is it with a smile and, and a, Hey, how are you? And I'm so glad you're, you're, you came tonight and I can't wait to, to hear how your class goes and yada, yada, yada. Or is it like, Hey, thanks for coming in, sign up right? Or here's the paperwork. Is it very low key? Like, do you have the right person at the front desk? Do you have the right person that's coaching the class? So on and so forth. So it's staff, but it's also experience, right? And that comes with the staff. How, how is the, how is the culture? How is the experience created by the staff, right? So, but that can be coached too. There's got to be processes. When a new person walks through the front door, how do we greet them? How do we do this? Have you set up the experience to attract these people? 
and to make them feel like this is a type of place I can't imagine not coming to. I love being around here. They make me feel good. Everybody's smiling. They always have something positive to say. You create that as the owner, as the manager, as the leader of the organization. You create that. They follow your lead on those things. So do you have the experience that uh, fosters community and fosters a culture that people want to be a part of? And then third, and, and really I think this is the least important, is going to be your curriculum methods, coaching philosophy, your technical knowledge of it all. I think that people will err on the side of the experience is good for my kids. It makes every it makes us feel good and I love coming here and they have great friends. I think they will err on that side before they make the decision based on gosh, they're just not learning anything. Now, they're going to have to learn something and it is important. That's why I'm mentioning it. But don't put so much energy into the curriculum into what's being taught and forget about Is it the right person teaching it? And are we creating the experiences, the culture, the environment that people want to be a part of? That trumps curriculum if you're gonna if you're gonna lay it out. You can't do one without the other, but one definitely needs to be paid as as much, if not more, attention to than the other. So make sure you have the staff and the experience dialed in. And that may mean letting people go. That may mean rehiring. And I know hiring is a bear. It's tough. It's tough to put the right people in the right place and then retain them. But if you're creating the culture that your families want to be around, chances are your employees are excited to be around it too because they feel good about it. They watch the smiles on the kid's face and the mom's face that creates a contagious environment of enthusiasm around there. And so creating that. And then the other ground rule here is you need to grow. Not just I would like to, this would be fun. Yeah, I'd like to go from 500 to 650, you know, whatever that number might be, but you need this because it's going to take a bit of work. This doesn't just happen. Like I said, when you start over here on the right, back here to the trust continuum, if you start over here on the right with cold traffic, with they've never heard you, it's going to take more work to move them along this line. Now, it's totally worth it, but if you're not willing to put the things that I'm about to outline in place, and to um, you know to to do the work that this is going to require, then don't do it. Like don't do the trials because you're not going to get the results that you want after it, out of it. And so uh, you need to uh, you're going you want to have the need to grow. Like I really want to grow. I want to see more people in here. I want to impact more lives. I want to see more kids smile. Whatever your why is for growing, you're going to have to have that dialed in and have that need. Not just like, yeah, that'd be cool. If you're happy with your numbers, don't worry about this. This is too much work to to just be playing with it and you're not going to get the results that you're after. Okay. So those are the ground rules of what it is and or 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 how your business, how your brand, how your facility needs to be positioned so that people want to uh, participate in what it is that you guys do. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to tell you there will be a part two. So when we got finished recording this whole thing, we realized we had just, there was more information to cover than we really wanted to put out in one episode here. We didn't want to wear you guys out. So here's the cliffhanger, just like any good series. 
this was part one where we kind of lay the foundation for who trials are right for and what uh, you uh, need to consider uh, if you're going to run trials or not run trials. And the next part, part two, that's where we get into now all the details if you are ready to run them and you want to know how to run them right. Or maybe you've run them in the past and uh, you didn't get the results that you're wanting and you're curious uh, if you missed something. Next week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the pre-trial process. You know, how to make sure that they show up. We're going to talk about the trial day process, how to make sure that they have the experience that you want them to have and enroll, and the post-trial process, how to make sure that you continue that conversation and get another layer of enrollment after they leave the building. Elvis has left the building. That is the end of this episode. Sorry to break this into two parts, but you are going to want to tune in next week because that's when we're going to get into the really juicy details on how all of this comes together. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to bring you part two of this series of trial or not to trial. We'll talk to you next week. 